Hello and welcome inside the final edition of Indy Star Preps Weekly for the season. Today we are branding this the uh, Akeem Glassbee Memorial Show as Akeem's chances died in the picks competition this week. Um, it's a sad day for Akeem. We'll touch on that later. But before we get to that, let's talk about semi-state last week. Um, Akeem, you had one of the more, I don't know if it's surprising, but certainly one of the more eye-catching results of the week with East Central knocking off Ron Colley and a really dramatic finish. I think among the three of us, you probably had the most exhilarating game of all of us. Yeah, it was an, an overtime game. Uh, East Central won 24-21 uh, with a game-winning field goal in overtime. Uh, it was pretty much came down to the fourth quarter there. Um, Ron Colley, they get a stop, and they're driving down the field. I believe it was like 30, 37 seconds left. Um, they the, the drive stalls out, and then they have to kick a, f- a field goal, like a a relatively makeable field goal from the 13, so that would have, from the 14, so that would have been a 31-yard field goal that is blocked, um, forcing overtime. And then Roncalli gets the ball to start overtime, but at that point, you could kind of sense that momentum was shifting. You know, East Central's at home; they have the crowd on their side. Roncalli had a chance to win the game. You know, they're probably getting ready to celebrate. They're probably getting ready to erupt, and then it's blocked, and then they kind of get deflated. Um, I mean, they, the the crazy part is. Overtime starts on the 10-yard line, and you would think with that offense, yeah, 10 yards away with that offensive line that, okay, three running plays and we're in, and nope, um, the drive kind of stalls out. I believe they had a penalty on first down. They get um, around the 10, 8-yard line and fumble the ball on on fourth down. So the the final play of Ron Collins' offense was like a, a missed snap handoff that's equally deflating. And then, again, East Central gets the ball right back on, on the opposing 10, and they're able to convert their field goal. So that was kind of just a, 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 a probably a like a very dis unpleasant way for Roncalli's season to end because it just came down to a couple plays here and there. But, I mean, we knew this game, or they knew that this game was going to be close. There, there were no secrets in this game. Two very similar teams, the, and the team that could control the line of scrimmage won. You know, East Central did a really good job. Um, we were talking earlier, I mean, Josh Ringer, he's a, a hammer. He's going to get four or five yards every play, and it's you, you're basically just waiting for them to mess up on their own because it's really hard to stop. And then at the end, East Central's offense was just very consistent. They had a couple pass plays, a couple trick plays. Uh, Eli uh, Aston, the wide receiver there, he threw a he threw like a reverse pass that helped him get down to the red zone in one play. And he was the kid that actually had the, the field goal block coming off the edge. And talking to him, he's like, yeah, just they said go block it. So I blocked it. And <laughs> he hadn't been playing defense that often, but he just really timed up his jump. I saw some people say that he might have been offsides. That's not for me to debate, but he timed up the jump well and got the block. So, yeah, they're going to the state finals now. And, and Ron Colley's kind of. I would definitely say it's an end of an era for that squad with all the talent that they have, you know. But, like, um, it wasn't just a Luke Hansen show, though, I will say. I mean, Eric Moyers made some really good downfield throws, you know. So that was that was a, the more, a more balanced run college squad than I had been used to seeing, too. So the outcome was definitely shocking. But, no, East Central, they're for real. Scott, what did you make of that? And I guess for both of you guys, just the depth that seems like in 4A. We were talking about that before we came on the air. I feel like this result kind of speaks to the – the depth and level of talent in that class that we've been seeing all year. Yeah, and I talked to uh, Jake Miners, the uh, East Central coach, at the media day uh, yesterday, and and he mentioned that as well. It's like, man, we you know we're kind of waiting there. They had last year they had to go. Uh, Mooresville was in their sectional, so they had to come all the way over uh, from the Cincinnati area to play Mooresville, and 
you know, battle through that team. And then, you know, and then this year, you know, we had all these great 4A teams uh, kind of bundled up there in the South, you know, counting Ron Colley and Newpal. And I'll give us credit because on this show, we talked about, you know, Ron Colley and Newpal being, you know, a great game and maybe for the state championship. But then we said, hey, you know, one of these teams is going to have to beat East Central. So uh, I know a lot of people on Twitter are like, oh, so much for the de facto state champion. It's like, we, hey, we didn't say that. <laughs> we, we knew East Central was the real deal. So, uh, I'll give us credit for that, but I, I, yeah, I mean, 4A this year, you know, it would have been, and and really, East Central's got a team that next year will be really good too because they bring back their quarterback, their receiver, uh, their running back, who are all really good, uh, you know. And he kind of said, you know, Jake Miner said that yesterday is like, you know, we needed to play with some urgency now because you never know for the sure what can happen, but but they are set up for this year and next year uh, more so than like Ron Colley would be. So. Uh, yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's the sad thing, having covered that Ron Colley team that, you know, this senior class is so good and, and, and talented. It somewhat seemed like destiny, uh, considering the Luke Swartz story and, and with his dad passing away and all those things. Uh, but like Akeem said, you know, one field goal block doesn't happen and Ron Colley's sitting here and playing this game. So it's just sort of the... You know, it's not, it doesn't always come down to one play, but man, you know, that that's one play that uh, obviously was very huge in, in a in a game. And, you know, it shows how close these teams are too. just to, you know, and both games have showed that this season between them. But yeah, 4A, just a, a gauntlet. And I think East Central pretty clearly, and we'll talk about it in a bit, but I think they're definitely the favorite to win uh, the state championship. Whoever came out of that South, I think was going to be the team to beat this weekend. Akeem, final thoughts there from you on 4A before we dive into the championship game here in a bit? No, I think Kyle summed it up well. I mean, yeah, but like you said, between New Pal, Roncalli, and East Central, we had a feeling that obviously one of them was going to be the, the team to beat, and they kind of proved that throughout the years. So, no, I just think it was a, a really stacked class, and it's you know, I, it sucks that they all couldn't be champions in a way. Absolutely. Um, touching quickly on the Class A game, which I have between Lutheran and North Decatur. Um, North Decatur looked legit. They outplayed Lutheran through large chunks of that game. Lutheran's coach straight up said it afterwards, too. Um, they forced, I think it was three turnovers on the night, <clears throat> but weren't able to cash in. Um, their defense, they had Lutheran struggling to get off the field a lot of times, but just weren't quite able to finish off enough drives. And and from Luther's perspective, you know, they've won so many games in a row, I think it's 39. They just, they're used to this type of adversity of just having to grind out games and finding different ways to win. And they're expecting this type of game whether it was tonight whether it was last Friday or, or in the championship game they knew that there was going to be a team <clears throat> that forced them to slow down and was able to bottle up that explosive offense so they'd have to find another way to win find another way to get that one extra point necessary to win and that's exactly what they did and it was it was an impressive display of resiliency from a team that maybe you know when you're dealing with high school kids you're not sure how they'd respond to that to that type of situation having not faced it very often before um, but they handled it with a plum, and now they're moving on to the championship game for the second straight season um, with a chance to repeat and run that win streak to 40 straight games. Um, speaking of streaks, Kyle Center Grove streak lives on with an impressive win over Cathedral that I think when I saw it, it was 10 nothing Cathedral, right? And then Center Grove <laughs> came back with 30-something unanswered. Yeah, really weird how that game switched. I'm not sure what – I asked the, the some of the kids and the coaches after the game, like, what – you know, was there something – tactical that changed because all of a sudden you know cathedral got a field goal and a touchdown their first two drives and then after that it was just lights out you know they they rushed the passer like no nobody i've seen before uh against cathedral uh seven sacks in that game and just they were all you know just all over them 
And uh, Cathedral did have success running the ball, though, and I kind of wonder if maybe they should have stuck with that a little bit more in retrospect with uh, Carson Johnson having the game that he did on the ground. And, and, and it was that type of weather night where you know, I was looking around the stats. There was not a lot of big passing nights for anybody uh, in that snow. And, and, you know, I don't know where you guys had it like that, too, but we at Tech it was really just blowing sideways and at times it was really coming down pretty hard. Uh, it wasn't like super windy, but it was definitely coming down pretty much the whole night. And it was very cold, obviously, too. So it just wasn't conducive for passing. I think Center Grove only completed three passes, and they didn't really need to. Uh, Micah Coyle, again, had a, had a huge game, 218 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, he bounced one to the outside. He ran one up the middle and then bounced it to the outside for 16 yards, probably one of the highlights of the, the season that I've seen for a, for a run. And, you know, it just felt like that. You know, Center Grove, uh, you know, sort of, I don't know what the word is, but their aura about it just kind of started taking over, and you could just feel it. I've covered it many times. You see it uh, happen with that team, that program, uh, where it just feels like there's no stopping this uh, ball from rolling down the hill, and that's kind of what felt like happened to Cathedral. And they couldn't get it turned around at any at any point, really. And, you know, it's hard. That, that running game is just really cranked up right now. And with the defense playing like they did, they were said they were a little embarrassed last time when uh, O'Neal threw for 410 yards on them, and they had that fourth quarter comeback, and, and they just kind of did what they wanted. It kind of started out that way uh, Friday, but uh, but yeah, Center Grove, they there's something about them. You know, it's November; they don't lose very often in November, and now they're back in a season where I don't know if a lot of people expected them to be here. Uh, I certainly had my questions. Uh, it looked like Cathedral was the better team coming in really I know I picked center Grove, but I felt like it was kind of an upset pick uh last week but you know here they are again and, and Eric Moore you know credit him and his staff and and those guys because that this is not a team that uh you know was just absolutely steamrolling everybody for for sure so uh but yeah they've got it going again and and uh I think you know they might be the favorite to win we'll talk about that in a minute but uh favorite to win a 6A title probably again for a third straight year um, let's before we jump ahead to the championship games, you should probably talk about the other six A semi state, which was Carroll, uh, Fort Wayne Carroll hosting HSE in the snow. Carroll comes out with the win. Um, I'll throw it out to both of you guys. Thoughts on that outcome? Um, and I guess that's a pretty big statement there by by the Chargers. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. It's uh, an HSE team. We've talked a lot about how they're, you know, they were kind of that workman like blue collar. You know, run the ball. Um, you know, play great defense and. You know, unfortunately, Evan Sherrill, you know, one of their leaders on defense, suffered a, a broken leg in that game, uh, and I think that was in early in the game. It was, I think it was the second quarter uh, uh, when that happened. I'm not saying that's why Carroll won, but obviously that's a, a big loss for that HSE defense, and you hate to see that happen uh, to a kid who's been so good all season for them. But, but yeah, this Carroll team, you know, they're playing with a lot of emotion. You know, talking to their coach yesterday, they the the young man who would have been their starting quarterback, uh, Owen Shield, uh, passed away in the summer. And, you know, that's been sort of a galvanizing, uh, you know, thing for that team this year. And, you know, Doug, uh, Doug Dynan, their coach, was saying, you know, he, he actually kind of teared up a little bit talking about that yeah, yesterday. So, you know, they, obviously they're playing for uh, the first time they've done this before. You know, it's it's uh, a Fort Wayne team. I think it'd been you know, about 20 years since a Fort Wayne team has made it in the biggest class, which is now 6A, used to be 5A. So 
uh, cool for them. I think it's cool to see a different team get in, which would have been the case for HSE too. They haven't been there in a long time either, but uh, but I think it's good, you know, to, to see some new blood in there and a chance for them to like, all right, let's let's uh, see what we got against uh, Center Grove. And this actually, uh, these teams are going to start playing each other, I think, in two years in the regular season. So uh, the the uh, SAC conference up in Fort Wayne, they're splitting their divisions, so that'll allow them to play some non-conference games. Uh, which I think is great for Carroll uh, that they, you know, you want to play, you want to come down here and play some of those teams to kind of help your program, you know, and, and uh, you know, Doug said that yesterday is, Hey, now they're going to start playing and I have to go, I think they're playing Warren central next year. I have to look at that for sure, but, but they're going to start playing some of the, uh, our local teams here. And I think that's going to be a good thing for their program moving forward. But, uh, but obviously getting here, you know, th- this is even better <laughs> for their program. So, <laughs> It'll be fun to see what that game looks like. I, I kind of think it's going to be a really good game. I Looking at the two teams, I think there's a lot of similarities there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Keen, did anything else <clears throat> jump out to you from semi-state weekend? No, I mean, again, I think Kyle summed it up pretty well. I guess just in HSE's case, it seemed like they had the formula with, you know, a strong running game and, and a defense and then a, a big play receiver. That's usually a good formula for a championship level team. So it's just that was kind of surprising that they weren't able to pull it off. But no, I, I think we've uh, hit everything. Yeah, that's the thing about HSE. That style of play seems well suited for this time of year in particular when the weather is terrible. It's snowy, it's windy, and looking at some of the pictures and photos and video coming out of Fort Wayne, I mean, it looked <laughs> it looked like a snow globe out there, wind and all. Um, but yeah, tip of the cap to Carol for, for proving I'm sure a lot of people were wrong and pulling that thing off. Time for Kyle's favorite part of the show, and that's the picks. Uh, we'll go ahead and play the intro for that, Clark. Uh, Kyle finished last week 8-4. Akeem went a respectable but not great 6-6. Six and six. That means that Kyle has a seven-game lead with six game remaining. And Akeem, the mathematics say you have been eliminated. Um, I'll let you give your concession speech. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I just want to, you know, congratulate Kyle. He's, uh, you know, you can't just roll out of bed and defeat Kyle Ned and Rook. You know, it took a lot of research and a lot of time on my part. <laughs> But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Kyle, he he kind of knows what he's talking about. You know, I'd hate to admit it, but he's a, a very talented and, and knowledgeable reporter. So, you know, it's definitely no slight against me for coming up short because, you know, Kyle is the best of the best. So um, it's just uh, we're going to have to go back in the lab, you know, kind of figure out what we did wrong and come back stronger next year. But uh, I tip my cat cap to uh, Mr. Nenrip there and. um yeah, he he earned a, a good win over me this year. But I, I I will say I showed improvement. You know, that's all I can do is just continue to build year after year, <laughs> and then slowly but surely I'll surpass Kyle. Akeem, as you look back on the film now, is there is there a spot where you know, this all went wrong for you? Like if we could pinpoint where this took a turn for you, where where would you say it was? <laughs> And I don't know, because then I'd have to call out some teams that let me down. So I'm just I'm just going to say that, you know, I, I got to get just research a little more and crunch the numbers a little bit and then uh, we'll come out on top. Uh, Kyle, before we get on to your uh, victory lap here, would you like to say any words as the victor uh, once again and still reigning champion? Well, you don't uh, you don't see a concession speech all the time. So I, I tip my hat <laughs> to Akeem for uh, ha- being man enough to even when he loses, you know, uh, you know, give him props for that. But uh, no, it was a good run. Akeem had me on my heels there. I think he had a he had a three game lead at one point, or at least a two game lose. But he had the lead, though. So, so I had to dig in. I had to take him seriously. You know, last <laughs> year 
I didn't have to take him seriously because I got such a huge lead early. So it was like uh, Akeem turned over a new leaf this year and he went after it. So I, I salute him. And uh, and yeah, I was I was feeling pretty good about my picks this week. And then I didn't even do that good either because I missed uh, HSC. I missed four games. So it wasn't like I lit it on fire either. But uh, that's been the weird thing about this this the last two weeks. Really, we've we've both missed a lot of games. So it's that means it's a good tournament i think because uh you know sometimes this time of year it gets pretty easy to pick them but not not this year it does seem like there's some more parity just in reading your reactions on twitter kyle and you know the limited knowledge that i do have it seems like there have been some more surprising outcomes kind of scattered throughout the year even yeah i mean and i'll you know we'll get to these too but like you know whiteland making their first uh, appearance in the state finals uh valparaiso I, I don't know if you guys saw that i retweeted it out but uh they had a play on the last play of the game. It's yeah. like a do or die. Uh, amazing. Justin Clark somehow gets to the end zone, uh, weaving through traffic and jumping into the I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I wish I was there, you know, to write about that. But it's just a super cool moment. And then they go for two and get it. And uh, so that's another one. Like they beat Fort Wayne Snyder, who's ranked number one in 5A. So there's been a lot of those type of uh, – even your game, Brian, with Lutheran, you know, that I, I thought that could be – you know, you don't know for mm-hmm. sure, but – I thought that could be a running clock game and it wasn't, but there's just been a lot of those that, uh, you know, have been really good games, uh, in the tournament. So, and I, hopefully that leads to good games this weekend. I, I hope anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Kyle, I'll leave it up to you how we approach these championship games. You want to just start with Friday and go through all six. You want to focus on our area teams. How do you want to handle this? Let's just go Friday by time, you know, just, uh, uh, 2A, 4A, 6A, and then we can go that way. Sounds good. Then let's start off with 2A then. It's at 11 a.m. on Friday. Andrian, 10-3 and against Evansville Matter Day, 11-3. and um, Kyle, as the reigning champion, we'll start with you. <laughs> yeah, so this is a rematch of last year, and I talked to Drake Bowen. Uh, he was at the media day yesterday, and uh, they, they won that game 21-9 to last year. A lot of the same players are back uh, from that game, including Drake Bowen, and uh, he is uh, – <laughs> He's having himself uh, quite a tournament, I would say. I think he was over 300 yards rushing uh, last week against Fort Wayne Lures. He had uh, 15 tackles. Um, you know, he he's just been uh, you know dominant. He's the reigning Gatorade Player of the Year. You know, all, all season we've kind of talked about him as maybe the front runner for Mr. Football. You know, also talking about Luke Hansen, uh, who we mentioned earlier from Ron Colley. So I know there's some other guys out there too, but. It just feels like the momentum is heading that way, and I talked to him about that a little bit yesterday, but it's kind of heading in that direction. If they win state again, I can't imagine you know he's not going to be the front runner for it. Uh, stranger things have happened for sure, but but yeah, I mean, this Andrean team's really got it rolling right now, and uh, I, I, I kind of like them to win this game, although modern day, you know, I feel like people are you know, both of these teams really, they're 10 and three against 11 and three, but they play uh, a lot of bigger schools in their area. They're from bigger cities. Uh, so they're smaller schools in bigger areas and, and they play bigger schools. So that leads you to losing some games, but they have a quarterback, uh, Mason Wonderlick, who's been here before. Uh, seems like he's been around forever. Uh, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the area. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm going to pick Andre and I, I think this might, game might be a little bit more high scoring than it was last year, but uh, but I don't think Bowen's going to let a whole lot get by him uh, at that linebacker spot. And if you remember watching this game last year, he was just, it felt like he was all over the place. And when you watch him too, 
Uh, he's just bigger than every. He's bigger and faster than everybody. <laughs> how how those two things happen at the same time, I don't know. But he's just like a he's like a wrecking ball out there. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be fun. I can't wait to watch him uh, on Saturday or on Friday, and uh, you know, just see him see him play for one more time. Akeem, who are you picking in this one? Yeah, no, Kyle summed it up well. I mean, Drake Bowen is definitely the most talented player, the best player on the field, and he plays both ways. So, I mean, that's kind of a big advantage for Andrean. So, I'm going Andrean. Uh, 4A at 3 p.m. Eastern, we have New Prairie 13-1 against East Central 12-2. Akeem, you just saw East Central play, so we'll lead off with you. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about formulas to win, and uh, East Central definitely has it with their running attack. I mean, they don't – I mean, quarterback Cole Burton, he – they can pass a little bit, but if it was up to them, they'd probably run every single play of the game. And Josh Ringer, I mean, he's he's a really big kid. I think he's about 6'2", really solid built. And he's going to get four or five yards every time, like I said. And if that game will be over quick if they can keep the chains moving and that clock's not going to stop and the, only on first down. So that's kind of how East Central wants to play. And their defense is stout as well. I mean, Ron Colley, again, they have probably one of the best offensive lines in, in the state. But, you know, when, when the defense needs to make a stop they're able to kind of come together and get stops when they need to and i and um new prairie I, I believe they have a really talented running back but i don't think they have quite the rushing attack that around collywood so just based off what east central was able to do last week and the combination of talent that they have i'm going east central Kyle. yeah i think that's the right pick uh yeah, last week uh new prairie it took a they were down nine nothing in the fourth quarter against uh, Kokomo in the you know in the weather and everything, and they came back and scored ten points in the fourth quarter. So obviously a team that's got a lot of heart uh, to be able to do that. Uh, they run sort of a, a power spread offense, and they they do like to run the ball as well. Uh, two they have two two players with over a thousand yards, including their quarterback. So that's kind of how they like to uh, go about things. But I just think with everything East Central's seen this year, they played Ron Colley twice, so they played probably the best running team that you know they're going to see other than themselves uh so i i think i think east central uh, is going to win this game i hope it stays close i know last time new prairie made it in uh, 2014 uh new pal put up 77 points on them it was like a it was it was the uh, new pal machine that was kind of the first time we like new pal it's like wow who <laughs> who are these guys and they really took off right then under kyle ralph but uh so hopefully new prairie can uh keep it close but man they've the two times they've got made it to the state finals, they played really, really good teams, which I guess that's probably the case when you can make it to state championship. But uh, going to be a tough assignment, I think, for them on uh, Friday. The uh, 6A championship game is at 7 o'clock on Friday. The primetime matchup, Carroll Fort Wayne 13-0 against Center Grove 11-2. Kyle, does the Trojans' reign continue? Yeah, I, I think it does. I think that's probably the smart uh, pick at this point. And, you know, as talking to Eric Moore yesterday and he was kind of joking him and it kind of a cool story him and uh, Darren Fisher uh the uh, Whiteland coach are good friends and uh, both from being from Johnson County uh schools so that's kind of another storyline to this but he was joking with uh, Darren Fisher like yeah we got to play Friday and you get to play Saturday you're like the varsity you know game get to go on the <laughs> on the Saturday night uh, marquee but uh so that's a little and I keep forgetting that's the case but you know they flip-flop them every year uh but yeah I just I think uh it seems like that championship pedigree is starting to uh, take over with this center Grove team. And a lot of, if you talk to the, and I know it can be a cliche, I guess, but you know, they talk about how close this team has become and, and, you know, maybe they've needed that more than the last couple of years with the star power that they had. And, 
you know, guys who are going to be playing in the Big Ten and the SEC, and and they don't have that type of a team this year, but they've overcome a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, Drew Wheat knocked out early in the year, hadn't played. You know, he he was one of our super team running backs, and Micah Coyle stepped into that role uh, with no problem. You know, and he, he keeps getting better and better. Jalen Thomason playing both ways. Uh, you know, that offensive line, uh, what they did Friday – just really, really impressive. Um, but you also have this Carroll team that, you know, like I mentioned earlier, playing for something extra. You know, they're they're obviously a very connected team as well. Uh, they have a younger quarterback now, uh, Sullivan, who's a sophomore, but you know he's put up great numbers this season. Uh, and I think this is a team like in the future, like I mentioned earlier, they're going to be playing some better teams around here in 6A. I think they're going to be a program uh, that continues on to be to be really good in the future, too, especially having these younger guys in key spots. So uh, it would be an interesting test. I just think this reminds me sort of when uh, Westfield made their first 6A appearance a couple of years ago against Center Grove. And they were a little bit overwhelmed by the spotlight of it. And Center Grove wasn't. And I think that could be. Uh, especially early in the game, something to watch for because it is, it is once you get out there and you guys have seen, I mean, you know, Lucas Oil Stadium, just, it's a different animal. They got all the TV, you know, the lights and the, it's a big production and and it's cool. I mean, it really is, but it can also be somewhat overwhelming. I've seen teams kind of be overwhelmed <laughs> by that spotlight at times. So that's not going to be the case for Center Grove. And I, I think, you know, I just feel like this team's uh, on the right track to win another state championship. Akeem, what say you? Yeah, no, again, Kyle hit the nail on the head there with just the, the program pedigree and the, the talent level that even if they don't have the you know elite level talents of the Caden Currys and the Taven Jacksons, there's still a, a lot of really talented players on that side. And yeah, no, they've come together really well with the running game. Micah Coyle has been a, definitely a surprise and just kind of been really carrying the load for them uh, with the way he's been r- running the ball. So no, I'm going Center Grove. All right, on Saturday, 11 a.m., the 1A championship is Adam Central and Lutheran, both teams coming in at 14-0. Akeem, which of the undefeateds emerges victorious? Yeah, so this is a rematch of, of last year's uh, Class A game, and I, this could easily be the, the best game of the entire weekend. You know, these, the, like I said, when there's two teams that are so familiar, when they play each other, there's there's no secrets. It's your best play against my best play, and it's it's not going to surprise anyone. So it's all about execution and, and who can execute the best and who's going to outplay the, their opponent and, and make that key play when they need to. And, um, and when it comes to making key plays and execution, Lutheran's been flawless. I know both these teams are undefeated, but Lutheran's just been playing at such a high level for the entire season that it's going to be hard for anyone to slow down this machine. And I know Adam Central has a, a good chance to do so, but I mean, this could either be a shootout, you know, like a 45-40 game, or it could be like a 7-6 game, you know, because again, these two these two teams know each other very well. But like I've been saying all year, Jackson, Jackson Willis has been one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch just with the measure and offense and the, just a smooth left, left-handed pocket passer can drop dimes all over the field. So I think he might be the, the player to watch in this game. So with, with that advantage that Lutheran has, I'm going Lutheran. Kyle? Yeah, I think this will be a close game again. It was last year, and I think uh, Adam Central plays like a – I don't know if they call it a wing T necessarily. They do. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like a wing T spread, sort of uh, somewhat similar to Center Grove's kind of runs this too. But it's it's a different type of offense. And if they can, you know, they're going to try to grind it out a little bit more uh, than some teams Lutheran plays. 
and they'll they'll have some success. It's just a matter of can they can they kind of stick to it? Because I think at some point Lutheran's going to hit some big plays. Uh, can they kind of just stick to what works? And that that it did actually work last year in this game, and it was maybe the best game of the weekend or one of them. Uh, you know, so I think we'll see something similar. Adam Central's not going to be uh, you know overwhelmed by who Lutheran is and what they've done this year because they've played them before and they've been on this stage before. Uh, so I, I, I'm, this is a really good matchup, and I will say, like talking to a Dave Pass yesterday, you know that that uh, Micah McKay is up to 1,400 receiving yards on the year, uh, 16 touchdown catches, and it, he played really well last year in this game. So I, I look for him to have a big game, and playing in the on the turf uh, seems to benefit Lutheran speed and, and athleticism that they have. Uh, but again, I I think I agree with Akeem. I think it's going to be like a you know 31 to 30 or you know something that I think it's going to be kind of a higher scoring uh, lots of fun type of game uh but I I think it'd be kind of foolish not to pick uh Lutheran at this point so I'll I'll take the Saints all right the 3 p.m game is the 3a final Bishop Chittard 10 and 4 against Lawrenceburg 13 and 1 um Kyle we'll start with you yeah Lawrenceburg I think we mentioned last week in the last uh 12 games that they played of the season they only allowed uh, 40 points uh, total. So, and then they went out last week and they they beat our Cinderella story that we talked about Monrovia 35-7. So, they uh, they're having no trouble stopping people. They're one of the best defensive teams uh, in the state, and they have a uh, a linebacker named Jake Pierce has 114 tackles and four interceptions uh, this year. So he kind of leads that defense. And Lawrenceburg, you know, they they made it here was it six years ago. And uh, got beat in the state championship game. Uh, but uh, Ryan Kaniga, who's their uh, coach, he was the coach of that team. So he's back again leading this group of uh, Tigers. And the only loss that they have is to uh, East Central in the first game of the year. So that kind of shows you those two teams are rival uh, teams and then from that same area of the state. Uh, so, you know, they're well um, tested, I would say, schedule wise. Uh, but you know, t- talking to Rob Doyle, also from Chittard, they, <laughs> you talk about a team that plays a tough schedule they have as well. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries this year. Uh, Chittard has, especially on the defensive side, uh, they're getting some of those guys back and at running back too, they've had some, some injury issues, but you know, Drew Van Vliet's been healthy all year and that has been uh, a huge reason why, you know, they're back in the state championship game. And, uh, I expect they're going to air it out and, and try to beat. Uh, Lawrenceburg through the air uh, in this game uh, for a large majority, at least in the first half, and and then kind of see where it goes from there. But uh, Chittard also had five interceptions last week against uh, West Lafayette, so very impressive on both sides of the ball. Uh, so I think Chittard's the pick here. Uh, I hope it's a good game. I it, Sometimes you wonder, Chittard's done this. They're the all-time champion in most state championships uh, so, you know, and they don't lose, I think they're 15 and one all time when they've made it to this point. So, uh, they get here and they don't lose for hardly ever. So, uh, I think their, uh, Trojans will win the three, a title. Akeem, who are you picking? <clears throat> yeah, Kyle, again, Kyle pretty much hit the nail on the head, you know, yeah, all time state leader in, in championship wins, 15 titles. Like you talk about program program pedigree it doesn't get much better than that with uh chatard and kind of a, again contrasting styles there i mean if 
uh, Chittard is a pretty far cry from East Central with the way that they spread it out, you know, and obviously East Central is a, a running team. So, I mean, Lawrence Central's de- or Lawrence Central, Lawrenceburg's defense can stop the run, but can they stop the pass and what Drew Fleet's been able to do? And I, like Kyle was saying, I don't, I don't think so. So I'm going Bishop Chittard. I was really hoping we were going to get a classic Akeem Hill turn there and just be like, having said that, <laughs> go Lawrenceburg. <laughs> no, I, I I don't know. No, like I said, this is a, a juggernaut, and yeah, they're Bishop Fatard is very familiar with Lucas Oil Stadium, so I can't can't pick against them. All right, last game of the year, Class Five A state final at seven p.m. Eastern. That's Valparaiso ten and three against Whiteland twelve and one. Akeem, will you have honors? Yeah, and like I mentioned at our last show, I mean, you you, you asked me during the uh, sectional sh- uh, or preview show, you know, who's the best team in in five A, and I again I said Whiteland, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pat myself <laughs> on the back that Dang I reluctantly right. said Whiteland at the time, and they've proved me right uh, throughout the season there again with the offense that they have, you know, with the kind of a a true kind of option attack with the Kevin Dunham at quarterback and Payne Everton at fullback and John Crowley, so um, the, kind of the it's not like a, a smash mouth kind of attack that you would think. They can get outside and, and make plays. Uh, and Iris Moore-Smith as well can make plays on the perimeter. So they can generate big plays when they need to because, again, it could be a close game against Valpo. So when when if you have to play from behind, it's often hard for these type of teams to generate offense. But this isn't that's not the case with Whiteland. I mean, Denham can pass when he needs to, and they can, again, generate big plays at, at any part of the field. So. Uh, and then Whiteland's defense has been stout throughout the season as well. So I say all that to say I'm still picking Whiteland. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Kyle, who are you picking? I thought he was going to pick Valpo after all that. Oh, dang. Uh, <laughs> I think this could be the biggest uh, fight. You know, these teams, both these teams are kind of like fighter type team. Like, uh, you know, they like to run the ball. They like to be physical. Um, you know, so this, not that they're going to fight on the field, but just that type of a game where it's just like a, a kind of a backyard brawl type of thing. And Akeem's right. I mean, they do. They're kind of like the old wishbone where you run the fullback up the middle so many times, then boom, you pop a, you know, the other team loses containment and then, you know, they're running 60 yards the other direction. So, you know, that's sort of what Whiteland wants to do. Uh, But I think Valpo is going to be expecting that they're kind of the same type of a team. Even, you know, the coaches yesterday said that uh, they're kind of mirror images somewhat of each other because Valpo traditionally very good running team. Uh, like we saw, I mentioned earlier, their quarterback in that great play against Snyder, you know, crossing the field and jumping over the inline, you know, it's just a great play. Uh, but that's kind of emblematic of what they do. He runs a lot and they they want to run the ball up the middle uh, quite a bit, too. So, you know, it'll be a, you know, I think it's fitting. This is the last game of the season because I think it's going to be a really good one. And I think it could be a fast moving game based on how much both teams run the ball. I'm hoping for that. So I think that would be a fun way to end it too, with like an hour long game. So, uh, <laughs> but that's my own, you know, that's my own personal feeling, but I'm going to take uh, Whiteland and I think, you know, this would be the first uh, championship in state in the program history in the school history for Whiteland. So that would be pretty cool. And uh, you know, Darren Fisher yesterday, you know, very, uh, emotional. I, he cried, I think, three times in while while we were talking about his his coaching career and his team. So, uh, very cool for him. I think he's uh, one of the you know guys that coaches pull for. You know, and he said he's just received so many calls and text messages and you know from all all uh, walks of his uh, career. So that's pretty cool. So, you know, and I think that's probably uh, you know maybe a. Uh, an emotional way to end the season would be if they could win it. Obviously, Valpo hopes that's not true, but uh, but I think that'd be pretty cool if Whiteland pulls it off, and I think they will. 
All righty, the picks are in. I think you guys agreed on every single game this week, so a nice, quiet end of the picks contest as well. Um, but, yeah, before we get out of here for the last time, what do you guys have coming up this week, Kyle? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Darren Fisher is actually somebody I'm writing about this week and his kind of journey to get to this point. And uh, it's kind of we're in a condensed week, uh, which is always fun with all the basketball preview stuff coming out and uh, football state finals. So I'm working on, you know, a lot of stuff still. Uh, got most of our basketball preview stuff is out now. Uh, excuse me, with the season starting this week. Uh, super team is out. The, uh, fab 15s out the, you know, all the other stuff that we've got is out except, uh, I think one or two things. So most of that stuff's out. It looks like it's, you know, I think, uh, people reading it or whatever. So that's a good thing. And then, uh, we'll have previews on the football state finals. And like I said, a feature on, uh, Darren Fisher and that Whiteland program. And then obviously coverage uh, throughout the weekend so uh it should it'll be fast and furious and always look forward to one of the favorite things i do is cover the state finals and i love the the fridays all season you know but uh, it's it's always fun to be at lucas oil for that uh, friday saturday and see a lot of people that uh you know see every year at lucas oil akeem what you got cooking yeah, so I have a, a Butler story out now that kind of just takes an analytical look at just how they've been playing. And they've been definitely better than projected, you know, throughout the season and just with the way they've been playing. So they're heading to the Bahamas for the battle for Atlantis. And the, their first game is against a Tennessee team that's really good. They've got a, a lot of talent. So that's kind of that'll be a big barometer for them, for Butler, just, you know, to see where they are, just how much progress they actually have made, depending on how they fare against Tennessee. And then, yeah, just uh, three Butler games this week, uh, Monday, Thursday, and Friday. So, I mean, if they win, they'll keep playing, you know, in primetime games against good teams. If they lose, then they'll be playing, you know, lesser teams. But it's still a really talented field uh, in the tournament. And then Saturday, I have uh, Bishop Chittard. So I'll have the 3A games. So, yeah, just a jam-packed week for me. That battle for Atlantis, I feel like even if you lose the first game, that field is so good. It's like you're guaranteed, what, three, four, two, three, four good games, right? Yeah, I mean, if so, um, depending on what happens, uh, Butler will play the winner of BYU and USC. So, I mean, their second game will still be against a really quality, quality opponent. And, you know, they rack up some wins. That's some good resume builders. So for a, a team that, you know, maybe they can go dancing, you know, you, you know, I know it's still early to see, but, you know, they, they have the looks of a possible tournament team and they've been doing it all without some key players. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, from the girls basketball front, as you're watching this, the fab 15 is out a new one with reorganization. After a few few weeks of games on our belt, we'll have Fishers and Zions will highlights and some coverage in that game between two of the top teams in the state. So that should be really fun. And then this Saturday is the Sneakers for Santa with a whole bunch of good games. Um, the ones that I think everybody will be talking about will be those primetime games with South Bend, Washington, and Noblesville. And then Zionsville, Bedford, North Lawrence with, you know, I mean, those are four really good games. So if you want to watch some really good basketball, some incredibly talented players, those are the four that you want to be at. I also have coverage from that and some stuff throughout the day on there. And then, uh, have a wrap of that on Sunday, and then we're going to have some features starting to come out here over the next couple weeks. So that's exciting. Um, but, yeah, for Kyle and Akeem, we thank you all so much for watching this season. I know Kyle and I will be back with something for basketball. We're still figuring out how that's going to look. We're thinking more of a podcast thing, but we'll provide updates and teases as that comes. I'm sure Akeem will be doing some video and audio stuff with Butler as well. Um, but, yeah, in the meantime, we thank you all so much for watching. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you as a threesome next year.